0: San Pablo Avenue is the embodiment of the great American experiment, a seemingly endless stretch of shops and stories from every corner of the earth, a place where everyone is trying to carve out their precious plot of the free-if-you-can-afford-it world, and a place that I call home. Many people don't realize that San Pablo Avenue is actually a highway, California 123 to be exact, running parallel to East Bay, Interstate 80, and a main link between the peoples of the East Bay. The Berkeley portion of California 123 has been a hot topic over the last few years because it's part of the East Bay Green Corridor, and there's been many battles in the Berkeley City Council about the zoning rights to West Berkeley. As West Berkeley landowners sit tight waiting for a resolution, one entrepreneurial organization is taking advantage of vacant land and creating a model for spirituality, sustainability, and a solution to the urban food desert. Today on Method to the Madness, we interview Adam Berman, Executive Director of Urban Adama in West Berkeley. Stay with us. Tell me a little bit about how you came to this idea.
1: Yeah. Um, I've always been interested in the intersection of spirituality and environmental stewardship. I grew up in a Jewish household uh, outside of Los Angeles uh, and went to Jewish day school as a kid. And so as soon as I um, reached adulthood, I started asking questions of Jewish tradition about how it relates to the natural world, um, how questions of social and environmental justice fit in with the practice of Jewish tradition, and how Jewish tradition itself can be uh, supportive of living a lifestyle that is reflective of of my environmental and social values. Uh, And it turns out Judaism has a rich tradition uh, that teaches us about caring for the earth, um, about caring for others. Um, And in fact, if you look at its 2,000-year-old history, most of the time Jews were agriculturalists. So we were much more connected to the land than we are today. So for me, the integration of growing food sustainably being an environmental activist and uh, being someone who feels connected to Jewish tradition and part of Jewish commu- part of the Jewish community feels like a seamless integration in my life um, my whole professional career the last 20 years has uh, been spent in work that uh, connects Jewish tradition and environmental stewardship. Um, my first job out of college was the director of a place called the Teva Learning Center, uh, which teaches the connection between Judaism and the environment uh, to fifth and sixth graders on four-day residential retreats uh, in New England. It's a hands-on ecology Uh, Program where they explore the woods um, and learn about how Jewish tradition, uh, blessings, holidays, food, um, our awareness about how we treat others, um, all are supportive and uh, cultivate a kind of consciousness um, that's more that helps us become more loving in the world. Which is how I understand Jewish tradition to serve me and. Human beings
0: and the tradition is a uh, agrarian society, um, and but that kind of doesn't come to the forefront when you think about Judaism. So, are you having to reinvent some of these things, or is it just going back into the history and bringing them out into to a modern day interpretation?
1: Right. What's consistent about Judaism over time, as far as I can tell, is our core values. What are these core values? Our core values are tzedek, which means justice. Uh, our core values are chesed, which means compassion. Uh, we have a core value of af- ahava, which means love. And in every generation, the Jewish community's challenge is to interpret or apply those values to whatever whatever reality is presenting itself. And In the 21st century, we have a food system that, uh, you know, is producing a billion people that are overweight and a billion people that are starving every year, Um, that is producing food deserts in Oakland and in cities across the country, while there's abundance beyond belief just a few miles away, Um, we look at that reality and say, you know, this is the place where we want to apply these values. So it also happens, that Jewish tradition in terms of ritual and practice is very connected to the natural world. So that's a very interesting and curious thing to investigate. But the motivation for this project is much more about applying Jewish tradition's core values to a pressing need that we see in the world right now, which is how do we grow food in ways that are sustainable, in ways that respect the earth, and in ways that uh, provide healthy food to people who don't have access to it.
0: You're listening to KALX Berkeley 90.7 FM. This is Method to the Madness, a 30 minute show about the innovative spirit of the Bay Area. I'm your host, Ali Nazar, and we're speaking with Adam Berman, Executive Director of Urban Adama, a farm that sprouted up on San Pablo Avenue in West Berkeley. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about the project. Yeah. So how did you come to the idea? Where did it start? Give me a little bit of the
1: yeah. timeline of it. So uh, Urban Adama is actually the successor to um, – a project called Adama. Adama means Earth, by the way. Um, And I founded this uh, project called Adama in Connecticut in 2001. And Adama is a leadership training program. It still exists uh, for young adults in their 20s that integrates organic farming, Jewish learning, and leadership training. Um, To date, there are about 200 alumni from this program in Connecticut. It still continues. It's it's housed at a place called the Isabella Friedman Jewish Retreat Center. Uh, And a Alumni of the program are doing amazing work in the world, both in the Jewish community and in the secular world, uh, bringing their consciousness around environmental stewardship and spirituality wherever they go. Uh, In 2009, I left Isabella Friedman and the Adama Fellowship, and I took a sabbatical from the world of work for about a year. Um, And when that year ended, um, it was really clear to me that what I wanted to do next in my life was sort of create sort of Adama 2.0, sort of an enhanced version of the first project. It was clear to me that the demand was there. Uh, we had 50 or 60 applicants for 12 spaces in the program each season. Um, and the impact that the fellows were having on the world, uh, Jewish and non-Jewish world, was tremendous. So it was clear to me that that's where the, – that there was a need there um, and there was an impact that could be made. And then there were three – and as I sat with this question of how do I create the next version of Adama. Um, there were three things that came to my mind, uh, that informed how I wanted the new project to be different. Um, the first one was where it would be located. Um, Adama in Connecticut is two and a half hours outside of New York City, three hours from Boston. It's an hour and a half from the closest urban area. So maybe a couple of hundred people visited the farm every year. And I knew that if we could bring Adama to an urban area, thousands of people could be touched by the experience of the farm. Um, and the farm that we have here in, in, in West Berkeley is in fact an environmental education center for the whole community. We've already Already had um, over a thousand people visiting the farm in just a few months that we've been open. So the first difference between Adama and urban Adama is the rural versus urban nature of the project. The second aspect of the project that uh, is different and that was really important to me was the social justice aspect of it. You know, in Connecticut. The fellows in the program learn how to grow food sustainably, and they learn about the dysfunctional system that we're part of in terms of the agriculture that we're producing in this country. Um, But it's one thing to learn about food and to eat it yourself, uh, and it's another thing entirely to grow food sustainably and give it all away. Uh, At Urban Adama here, we give 90 percent of the food that we grow. Uh, We give it away right now. We're giving it to the um, covenant uh, the Covenant Tree Church uh, ministry, which is next door to the farm in West Berkeley, and also to the Long Life uh, Community Health Clinic, which runs uh, Soup Kitchen, uh, a food bank rather, uh, on Mondays and Tuesdays every week. Um, and so we're giving it away to people in need. Uh, Jewish tradition has this notion uh, of Sadaka, which says that 10% of what you own doesn't actually belong to you. In our case, we're doing sort of reverse Sadaka and we're giving away 90% of it. And so the fellows who are growing food to give it away are also spending one day a week volunteering with local nonprofits who are working at the intersection of poverty and food security. So that was sort of the second piece, was the social justice piece that's being manifested both in what we're doing with the food and also how the fellows are spending their time. They're not only growing food on the site and teaching on the site, But they're also volunteering at places like City Slicker Farms, People's Grocery, Berkeley Youth Alternatives, all organizations that are working at that intersection, the intersection of poverty and food issues. The third um, way that Urban Adama is different from Adama is that we're really designing it to be um, – what's the word? Um, uh, Replicable. Uh, We're designing Urban Adama to be replicable. Um, We're – standardizing a curriculum we're um, being pretty meticulous with documenting everything that we do and our hope is that we have Urban Andama in other cities in coming years um, our farm strategy is based on finding vacant land that we can use temporarily for a minimum of two years the entire infrastructure of the farm is designed to be taken down and moved with us and there are millions of empty lots all over this country um, that are just sitting there uh, and if we can figure out a relatively low Cost way to grow food and create community on these vacant lots. It would be a huge gift, uh, in our opinion, both to the Jewish world and to the world at large.
0: That's really interesting. So um, you're talking about you know low. Uh, rent for these lots. Like, obviously, this is a nonprofit, right? Correct. So, from the economics perspective, is it all donor based or? It's- uh,
1: yes, the, the land strategy depends on getting land donated or virtually donated. So land in Berkeley here is being donated by Wareham Development that's giving us uh, use of the land for at least two years, possibly three. Um, and our sense is that there are – you know, there doesn't have to be a lot. There just has to be some uh, landowners out there who are in between development and would love to see their land at no cost to them used for a public good like this.
0: Yeah, wouldn't you be a little concerned – not to be controversial or anything yeah. – but about um, getting like covenant church or these types of places – giving them a lot of food, but all of a sudden, you know, your lease runs out. You can't really predict what's going to happen next and what happens if they, you know, they get used to the food that you're going to give them.
1: Right. Uh, It's a good point. Um, I'd like to think that we'd be able to give them a lot of warning. The food that we're giving them now is supplementing food that they're buying uh, for their, for their dinners on Saturday nights. So right now we're, we're hopefully saving them money by supplying them food. That's probably also better quality than the food that they're buying. Um, And I think that we'll know at least a year in advance uh, when we're going to have to leave this site. Um, It's also true that there's a lot of uh, empty, vacant land in West Berkeley. So if we have to move from this site in two or three years, I'm hoping that we'll find another spot in the same community.
0: This is Method to the Madness, a 30-minute show about the innovative spirit of the Bay Area. You can hear this show on KALX Berkeley, 90.7 FM, every other Friday at noon. And today we're speaking with Adam Berman. Executive director and founder of Urban Adama, a urban farm that has sprouted up on San Pablo Avenue in West Berkeley, in the last few months. Um, I was reading on your website about this, these age-old Jewish traditions you mentioned. Um, so one of them, well, these laws—I'm um, probably not going to pronounce it right—bal tashit, bal tashchit. Bal tashrit.
1: Uh-huh. That's a tough one. <laughs> yeah,
0: so that's a uh-huh. really interesting concept. That's yeah. really
1: a big thing today. Can you talk a little bit about that? Huh. Um, well, the, the the concept of Baal tashrit comes from the book of Deuteronomy. There's actually a line in the book of Deuteronomy that says, "If you are in battle against a city and there are fruit trees surrounding the walls of the city, even if you could help, it could help you win the war by cutting down the trees." At the entrance to the city, you're not allowed to touch the trees. You got to leave them there. And from that one line in the Torah, um, many rabbis and others have come up with uh, an interpretation of what that would mean today. And at its at its core, tashchit means don't destroy or interpreted by some as don't waste. So if we think in some ways that the challenge of humanity in the 21st century with regards to the environment is how can we use our resources much more efficiently and much more intelligently this notion of baltash which is don't waste and don't destroy sort of fits right in and if we were going to say um, how would we make you know most of us aren't going around sieging cities and we don't have the question you know should I cut this tree down or shouldn't I but in every moment we have the choice about whether or not we uh, can use things efficiently uh, whether or not we're wasteful choices that we make about our own consumption I mean they're they're everywhere um, and so looking at this, this law of baltashri is just one example of you know, the Jewish community today taking age-old concepts and applying them to a 21st century reality and making them meaningful. Yeah,
0: which is so innovative and interesting about your project. Uh, another one of these laws
1: was Shmita. 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 What's that one all about? Shmita um, is a law that, uh, like many sort of Jewish environmental concepts, come from the era when we were all farmers, and Shmita. Um, is based in this understanding that the land doesn't belong to us. It's very Native American in that sense. Um, and Shemitah says that at the end of six years, you have to let your land completely lie fallow. It's sort of consistent with modern principles of organic farming. There's something wise uh and orga- that, that organic practices teach us about letting our re- land l- rest and having rotating crop cycles. Um, you know, Jewish tradition uh, came up with this idea of Shemitah years ago, basically saying that you let the ra- land rest because the land does not belong to you. It belongs to God. That was the traditional understanding of it. Um, it also happens that it makes the land more fertile. So it's this beautiful notion where, again, old meets new, where a traditional understanding of something that has to do with how we relate to the creator of all life is also a practice that helps sustain our inhabiting of the land and using it to sustain us.
0: Yeah, it's a really fascinating concept about looking at these old traditions or I think um, – um, Michael P- Palin, Pollen, Michael mm-hmm. Pollen, the mm-hmm. uh, the author, his yeah. food rules book, yeah. where he went around the world and looked at all these kind of traditional rules for food and tried to <laughs> solicit it for them on the internet and found yeah. uh, that a lot of those rules were even better than modern day nutritional science because there's just some there's something to it. That's why it's yeah. lasted so long and the and yeah. the consciousness of those peoples who follow those traditions. It's really fascinating. Um, one more law I wanted to ask about was. Yeah. Um, Oh man! These pronunciations you would to, to show it kill me? me well, <laughs> I think it p e a h
1: paya 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 yeah, so paya uh literally means corner, and there is a law in the book of Leviticus that says when you uh harvest your fields, you have to lead leave the corner of your field for the poor over time that's been interpreted to also mean that ten percent. <laughs> Of what you earn and what you collect. So if you're not a farmer, 10% of what you earn, actually, you have to leave for the poor. It doesn't actually belong to you. So there's this notion that in the days when we were all farmers, we don't know how big these corners were, but there was some part of the field that poor people in the town who didn't have food knew that they could go and collect. Um, and we're trying to model that, actually, at the Urban Adama Farm in West Berkeley. Uh, we have a tent called the Paya Tent at the corner of our farm. And the idea is once we're producing enough food, that on one day a week we'll actually put food there. And working with local social service agencies, let folks know that they can actually come and take food from the Paya corner. And we will also be a food bank as well for local people to bring cans of food and other dried goods. So it will be a sort of a food bank that's on site at the farm.
0: That, and that's what you were referring to before, is kind of flipping. You're doing 90% exactly.
1: instead of the 10%. Exactly. Okay, great. And what about
0: uh, the last one? Is, is This one I'll definitely not get. Tsar
1: ba'alei chayim. Okay. So it literally means um, the prevention of the suffering of animals. Um, and there are a bunch of laws in the Old Testament that all have to do with how we treat animals. Um, you're not allowed to tie an ox and a donkey together if you're plowing your field because they both have different levels of strength and it's inhumane to tie them both to the same tool that's helping you plow your field. Um, you're not allowed to feed yourself before you feed your animals. Um, you're not allowed to take the egg of a mother bird, um, if the mother bird is watching. So there's this whole list of of Old Testament laws that collectively are called Sarba Alechaim, And we look at it today and we say, well, if we were going to take zarba'aleim seriously today, what would that mean in terms of our own treatment of animals and our own consumption of animals? What would it look like if we're raising chickens on our farm? What kind of space would we give them? What would we feed them? Um, If we're buying food for ourselves, what is preventing the cruelty and the suffering of animals today? Say. Can we buy factory-farm meat and say that we're following this notion of Sarba le-chaim? So these are, this is something, again, that we're with, that we're engaging with and looking at and trying to say, how are we going to make this meaningful in the 21st century, given the reality that we're facing? You're listening to
0: KALX Berkeley 90.7 FM. This is Method to the Madness, a 30-minute show about the innovative spirit of the Bay Area. And I'm your host, Ali Nazar.
1: We expect to grow six to seven thousand pounds of food um, this year. That you know, ninety percent of of which will be given away. But really, Urban Adama's contribution um, to the world is its in is in its education and in its leadership training. Um, There are three cohorts of twenty somethings that live in a house a few blocks from the farm communally. And engage in a curriculum that combines uh, urban organic farming, where they're actually working on the farm, teaching on the farm to members of the community about the work that we're doing, and... Uh, and living and engaging uh, in um, – and, and sort of l- learning an approach to Jewish tradition that resonates with our core values and supports them in becoming change agents in the world. And we have three cohorts a year, so it's 36 fellows. Uh, and our hope is that they're going to go out in the world and do great things. Um, and I think that that's uh, – probably our biggest contribution along with the interaction that we have with the thousands of visitors that will be coming to the farm and what they will take away from the experience.
0: And you also do camps, right?
1: Yeah. We run a a summer camp program uh, in partnership with several different uh, Bay Area organizations. Uh, And we're also going to be running a program called Hebrew School on the Farm in partnership with a couple of synagogues in the area who will be bringing their students to us regularly throughout the fall.
0: Okay. And is there a particular... um sect or form of Judaism that you're practicing there? Uh, there
1: isn't. Um we're transdenominational. Um this summer we're running summer camps in partnership with uh the J- the Jewish Community Center uh which is uh I think, by definition, a non-religious institution um, and really appeals to folks who don't consider themselves um, very traditional Jewishly. Uh, And we're also running a a program with Congregation Beth Israel, which is the um, Halachic or Orthodox uh, synagogue in Berkeley. And so I think that um, Jews and non-Jews, our hope, feel comfortable at Urban Adama. uh, we will be running programs, hopefully in partnership with the Ecology Center moving forward, that don't actually have any Jewish content, that are just open to the public uh, programs that deal with urban sustainable agriculture. Um, and we'll, our hope is also this fall to be running programs for kids in the community that aren't connected to Jewish organizations who are just interested in coming to the farm and learning what the farm has to teach them.
0: This is Method to the Madness on KALX Berkeley, 90.7 FM, and we're speaking with Adam Berman, Executive Director of Urban Adama. What is the vision? So if you look out five years from now, and this is something you created out of your brain, this show is very much about innovators, and, and we interview innovation across a wide spectrum of disciplines. Um, And I always like to ask this question because it came from your brain. Where do you see it going in five years? If you could wave a magic wand and have it be exactly what you would want it to be, what would it be? Yeah.
1: Um, My hope is that there would be urban Adama farms in many communities throughout this country. Five years from now, I'd like to see us in four cities. I'd like to see uh, the Urban Andama Fellowship become a rite of passage for hundreds of young adults every year. And I would like to see the alumni of the fellowship out in the world planting their seeds and bringing how they interpret tzedek, chesed, and ahava, justice, compassion, and love, into the worlds in ways that resonates with their own visions. So the first circle is the circle of the fellows. The second circle, in terms of the vision, is what happens in the Jewish community where these farms exist. My hope is that the Jewish communities, wherever the urban Adama farms exist, find joy, relevancy, meaning, connection, As part of their Urban Adama experience, whether or not they're sending their kids for a day-long program or they're sending their kids for a three-week summer program, my hope is that the farms enrich Jewish communal life wherever they find themselves. And then the the third circle of impact is in the larger world. Forget about the Jewish community. My hope is that urban Adama farms are producing tens of thousands of pounds of food that are going to people in need wherever the cities find themselves. My hope is that urban Adama farms are a bridge between the Jewish community and the non-Jewish community wherever they find themselves. Our food, the land, is this common language, is this common resource that connects us all. And for urban Adama farms to be a place where people come together regardless of religion or ethnicity, to grow food, to eat, to celebrate, to sing. That's my greatest hope for what Urban Adama can be in the world.
0: Wow. Well, it, hopefully we'll get there. It sounds like uh, you've got the passion to make it happen. If people want to learn more about it, uh, how should they get in touch with you?
1: www.urbanadama.org. My email is adam at urbanadama. adama is A-D-A-M-A-H dot org. I'd like to thank Adam for coming
0: on the show today and wish him the best of luck and urban Atama. You've been listening to Method to the Madness, a 30-minute show about the innovative spirit of the Bay Area. You can learn more about our show at methodtothemadness.org. Have a great Friday, everyone.